Yo, yo, we are back. I told you we were coming back, but not just back. We're coming back together. Yes. Now this is a permanent thing, people. The Beanie and Cardell, Cardell and Beanie, however you want to do it. We're going to be talking football. We're going to be talking life. We're going to be talking everything. We're going to be talking Canes. First and foremost. Raising Canes. Yes, got to love it. First and foremost, we would, like to, we would love to thank Canes for being a proud sponsor of the show. And, um... Wow, let's let's dive right into it. Not literally dive into it, but um, I mean, I think that's pretty cool that Kane's decided to kind of help us out and, and, and um, come on board with us because our vision is is the same and trying to get the word out there and trying to promote healthy things and trying to promote social distancing and things like that. So if you guys out there want to enjoy some Buckeye football on Saturdays, man, Kings they can accommodate any type of tailgate you guys want to do at home. So you guys don't have to feel the pressure of going out. You know, I know it sucks that we can't be outside at the stadium and going crazy and uh, cheering on our Buckeyes tailgating as usual, as usual. But just like we hear downstairs in uh, Beanie's basement, <laughs> man, we can bring the tailgate to us. And, Tains, and Canes definitely can help with that. Dude, Canes, that's one of my favorite foods. And not even just saying it because obviously, you know, they are our new sponsor, our new partner. I hate the word sponsor, our partner. Um, but if it's late night, if it's in the afternoon and I'm going somewhere and I'm with my kids especially, and they were saying, where do you want to stop? Let's go to Cane's. It's like Easy. the quick, convenient food and it's good. And I've been eating Cane's since, hey, I've been in college. I remember when I got drafted to Arizona, I was so mad because I was like, man, it's not a Cane's out there. I can't get my comfort food here. I am 21 years yeah. old in a new spot. But then I happened to be riding on ASU's campus. Yeah. What do I see? I see it raising canes on University Drive on ASU's <laughs> campus, bro. And I was always on their campus because yeah. I'm coming from college. I'm trying to, you know, be involved a little bit in their yeah. college atmosphere because yeah, yeah. I'm still around that age. But I, I see that canes, and it was like, man, a match made in heaven. I was so glad it's, it was there, and I wasn't too far from me. <laughs> it's funny when you when you talk about going to a different part of the country and you might not have your comfort food there. Right. It's just like when guys come up from the South. You know, we play with teammates from Texas, Florida, you know, out West, where they all they talk about is uh, In-N-Out Burger uh -huh. or, or Water burger and things right. like that and when i go to different places i know especially playing and i'm looking for a kings and they don't have a kings because it's kind of a primarily ohio thing mm. and it's just like okay guys whenever we go play in cleveland whatever you guys ever up in northeast ohio or ohio period right i got it you guys gotta try kings yep. and the number one thing you gotta do when you get kings is don't forget the king sauce <laughs> don't forget the world famous king sauce so big shout out to todd graves back in 96 starting up kings and actually a lot of people don't know the first the very first Kings was in, uh, on LSU's campus. That's one of the things I had no idea. I thought, like you, I thought it was, oh, this is just Ohio thing. Exactly. exactly. I didn't go outside of Ohio a whole lot, so I didn't experience Kings anywhere yeah, else. I yeah. thought it was just here, uh, you know, when I first had it. But I did not know that. LSU. Yeah, okay. the, yeah, the very first Kings. So that's pretty cool. Not just a great food, but a great company starting from the top down. I mean, Kings are inter, are, are involved with so many local and national charities right. and things that, you know, when it comes to um, – you know, the, the hunger issue when it comes to uh, entrepreneurship and things like that. So it's pretty cool to be partner, like you said, partnering with a great organization that does so many great things outside of providing unbelievable food. Man, I'm excited, uh, you know, to go on this journey with Raising Canes. Obviously, they're near and dear to our heart, near and dear to our Literally. stomachs. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, they support some amazing causes, one being one that you and I know best, the Buckeye Cruise for Cancer, um, second and seven, and a host of others, and tied to the university. But nonetheless, let's dive into this show, man. Let's let's get it yes. rocking. Um, man, what's been your take on this whole COVID boom that has kind of put us out? Two Was it two weeks in a row? Two weeks. Two weeks well, back to well, – not two weeks in a row, but two games. Two games. Two games. Were, were they not in a row? So we. I don't it was a so. uh, Maryland. No. Okay, so yeah, it wasn't yeah, in a row. Two but two games this year. I'm like, 
man, this is crazy. And now this week to be faced with another situation to where it's still kind of up in the air. We think we're going to play, but who knows how this thing can come down the pike. And Yeah, and it sucks that we, as a conference, put ourselves in a situation right. of not really, you know, when I think of handling situations, especially as a conference, as a, as a as a major conference, as the Big Ten, I would like them to, I wish they would have looked further into the future of playing out every scenario. Right. What if this happened? Well, this will happen. Versus what does this happen? Well, this can happen. Things like that. And uh, my guy Anthony Slagle made it, made one of the most profound points when it came to uh, the whole COVID situation far as we should have started earlier to avoid some of the issues that we have now. We're running out of we're running out of time getting closer and closer to, you know, the college football playoffs, bowl season and things like that. But we don't have that luxury. Right. You know, so it sucks, but hopefully our Buckeyes can, you know, play this week and play the following weeks and uh, hopefully, you know, get into college football playoffs. You know, that's just crazy, man. You got to play six games to be in the uh, Big Ten Big Ten Championship. Not the college football playoff, but the Big Ten Championship. And, you know, we're sitting there on the cusp of that. Obviously, we got two more games left. That pisses at six. Uh, we were just talking a little bit ago. Uh, we're going to get into the Michigan State game, obviously. But we were just talking a little bit ago how Michigan-like it would be. Not even just Michigan-like. How much of a rivalry uh, type thing would this be if Michigan said, you know what, we got Ohio State the last game of the season, we're not going to play them COVID. and they, because of COVID, and they're not going to get into the Big Ten Championship, therefore, you know, making it a little bit harder for those guys to get into the college football playoff. Agree, agree, because then you look at a situation like that, and then we, we probably have a little discussion or debate about if Harbaugh should do that. Um, but you look at a situation like that, so if Ohio State, Michigan – come out and say, hey, COVID. Or even if they don't come out and say, hey, COVID, if it really hits their program mm. and they're forced not to play that game. And then now who's the next eligible side of the Big Ten to go play the game? I think it's Indiana, right? Yeah. Yep. So they go out and play the Big Ten championship game, and they win it versus a 5-0 five, five Ohio State versus a potentially 7-8-1 or eight and one Indiana Big Ten champs. Who gets in? Yeah. So, it, it like, I wish the Big Ten and, – and clearly you can't you – can't, realistically plan for every situation and in such a uh, unprecedented time like mm-hmm. this, especially dealing with sports. But I wish we'd have had a better answer coming down the home stretch. See, I, I'm of the belief that you can, though. I mean, just look at it. You know, NCAA, NFL for that matter too, um, those are billion-dollar industries. I'm just of the belief when it's that much at stake and just careers for other people, you got to – have the answers for everything. Every yeah. scenario, you have to literally I run agree. through and figure out, okay, if this happens, okay, I got a plan B here. I got a plan C here. I got a plan D here. I don't know how you have that much money and those those many powers that be not have the answers, not have situations to where you can just, you know, have a parachute type, uh, you know, landing to where you got a, a cushion up underneath you. I agree, but it's a double-edged sword as well. If the NCAA come out with some of those type of scenarios and answers to those scenarios, just, think, just to uh, see if a, if a one of the power five teams are hit with a situation in a scenario mm-hmm. like Ohio State, then look at the Macs. Look at the American conferences of the world. Look at the Cincinnati's. They're saying, golly, we go 8, 9, 10, and 0, and you guys put all these rules in place for a power five conference to go mm-hmm. 4, 5, and 0 because of COVID can play the rest of the games, and right. they still eligible or they still get the nod over our 10 and 0 great perfect season championship conference and all this other stuff. Right. So – it's a double-edged sword, but it's so much money on the line and in that stake when you talk about college football playoffs and what all that comes with. It's like, 
it's hard to it's hard to keep the big boys out. It is. It is. I mean, people <laughs> want to see that on TV. You talk yeah. about viewership. You talk about, you know, people traveling to those games. That's going to be another deal. I don't even know if we're going to have people travel to the yeah. games. Where is the destination for the playoff this year? Is oh, it south? Yeah. If it's in the south, because I watch Florida game, I watch yeah. some Georgia games, and they had – a, a hell of a lot of fans in the stands. Yeah. So yeah. if it's south somewhere, yeah. we're, we're able good. to, you know, kind of <laughs> get people yeah. to travel. But if not, uh, it's going to be real interesting, man. This whole deal is going to be really, really interesting. If you're Jim Harbaugh, you know you got Michigan. You know how your season has been. Yeah. Do you rid yourself of having the rivalry, which has been longstanding and played uh, for long, so many years? Long before and it'll be long after these guys. Or do you, you know what? Put your foot down and say, this is a real rivalry, right? I'm going to kick you right there, uh, right between the legs, and say, you know what? We ain't playing this game because this is a rivalry. And more than anything in the world, I don't want you to be in the Big Ten Championship. And I know I can stop you by either probably beating you, and I'm not going to beat you, or just not playing you at all. Yeah. What would you do? Well, if I'm hardball, and thank <laughs> God I'm not. Um, and I think his decision will have to be based upon his next destination. Mm -hmm. If he's going to the NFL after this, if he got a job lined up, all you got to do is put his name on the dotted line. I'm doing that. I'm canceling the game. <laughs> I'm saying COVID. I'm saying COVID. Screw you guys because I don't know how to see them guys again. Right. It's whatever. But if you do that and you return next year, mm -hmm. Ryan Day, you talking about he won, He made that comment earlier he want to put up 100? Well, it's going to be 200 next right. year that he's going to do. If you want to pull a move like that to prevent the Buckeyes for playing a Big Ten championship game and ultimately could prevent them from going to the college football playoffs. That's what it's all about, though. You try to stop your team from going in I a agree, certain way. I agree. But if I if I'm hardball, if I'm hardball, and I, and I got an NFL team like biting at the chops right. with me, and they say, "Hey, go to contract after you're done with college, come on up." I'm doing it. But if I'm returning, if I know I'm returning to Michigan next year, that's so tough. Now nah, I try to play that game, take it across the chin. Hopefully next year, regroup, rebound, and hopefully next year, pray for better results. As much as I hate that team as a coach, you know, if I'm in his shoes. I probably would just have to play the game just for the simple fact that it's been going on for so many years. And you already had Rich Rod that set yeah. that program back 20 years anyways with him being the head coach at Michigan. I don't know if I could do that, man. I would want to. I know I would want to so bad. Yeah. If I could, you know, alter their season and, yeah. and just stick it to them real good, I would definitely want That's to do it. But I don't man. know if I would be able to, man, because of that. That would brutal. be crazy as heck, though, That'd man. That'd be brutal. That'd be brutal. But I think, it, like I said before, it opens up. If that scenario was to happen, not saying that he would intentionally say, "Hey, I don't want to play these guys," mm -hmm. but if you know, if God forbid, COVID did hit the program in a way, in a manner that they couldn't play, not just say, let's just say, not this game, but the following two games they have, so this right. week and next week, um, it, it opens the door for an Indiana team that went out and potentially, you know, make their bid for the Big Ten. I mean, for the for the college football playoff. Yeah, which would be crazy, man. And then there's a good football team, too. Good team. I mean, you can't take anything away from them. They played Ohio State down to the wire and came back from, you know, unprecedented. Uh, unprecedented. points. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's yeah. something that hadn't happened with Ohio State, and I don't know how long. And for them to be able to do it, man, that was impressive. Yeah. Um, Michigan State is another team that, man, I just – I don't know what's going on with Michigan State. I thought this was going to be a year that they got uh, – Coach Tuck, you know Coach yeah. Tuck. I mean, we all know Coach yeah. Tuck. He recruited the Cleveland area. Uh, he was at Ohio State. Uh, he went – Coach Tuck go to Ohio State or deal? I think he went to Wisconsin. But, uh, you know, he's he has the Ohio State ties and the Cleveland ties specifically, so we all know him. And I thought he was going to get Michigan State in gear, especially especially when you go out and you tap Michigan. After Michigan had one out, look good versus Minnesota, you come back, you tap him like, oh, 
Yeah, Michigan State going to be that deal. Now yeah. it's like, oh, my gosh. It's, but, you, but you know how it is, though. You know how it is. It's hard to base a team's what they really got when they're facing a, a rival. Right. You know, so yeah. they could have, you know, down there blew their wide on Michigan, uh -huh. you know, but they're going to be – I guarantee they're going to be up and ready to play Ohio State because this is not just a make-or-break season. This is make-or-break programs at this point. Right. You know, you can go freaking 500 in the Big Ten, but if you got those – if you got really – significant wins under your belt. I mean, you can sell that in recruiting. Right. Can you not, you know? And think about how hard it is when playing a team that you know you're supposed to beat. Right. If you're a good team or not, especially a good team, it's really hard because you sometimes play down to the level. Mm -hmm. But a team that's on the cusp or a team that's pretty much got some, some bad blood in it, right. they play up to yeah, that level. 100%. So I think I think it'll, I think it'll be a, a, a better game what – than what people expect, mm -hmm. you know, Michigan State and Ohio State. But I still think Ohio State get it done. Yeah, me too, man. I, I think – and then when you don't play a week, we always talk about that's another week to get healthy. But that's – for the coaches, that's another week to game plan a little bit more. Yeah. That's another week to kind of try out some new things and practice uh, that you kind of wanted to see out of certain guys and, and see who's ready to take that next leap. I, I'm always say, I always said it with uh, Urban Meyer, and I'm, you know, I'm going to say it with Ryan Day, you don't want to give individuals like that extra time to prepare. Yeah. You don't. Yeah, exactly. And then you got players that's jumping at the bit ready to play. Yeah. You know how devastating it is when you're practicing all week and then you get word midweek to say you guys can't play in this game yeah. because of this, that, and the third. Brutal. Dude, that has to be like a punch in the gut. Yeah, you already – you know how it is game week. You already go on so many highs and lows. When you, it's an emotional roller coaster going to – getting ready for a game week because you got the first practice is super intense. Right. And then you kind of chime it out every since then and then, you know, you want that perfect Thursday. Mm -hmm. And then so you kind of on edge because you want to complete every pass. Right. You want to have every assignment ran the best way possible. And then Friday is kind of a walkthrough. You're trying to mentally home in. You're trying to calm your nerves down. And then Saturday, depending on what time of game it is, you're probably getting up, you know, coaches bambling your door right. at 6 o'clock in the morning <laughs> for a noon game. And it's all – pretty much, you know, boss to the wall mm -hmm. until the game comes and then you got to – your routine in the game, then your, you, your emotions go back down and calm back down. Right. And, but getting hit with something like this and not knowing when this can happen, I can only imagine. That's emotional roller coaster that guys really can't prepare for. Right. That's you just, know, it's, it's brutal. I can, you know, I can only imagine what the guys were feeling Friday night, mm -hmm. you know, knowing that night they can't play Saturday and they just got to work they couldn't play Saturday. Right. Like, were they <laughs> in Champaign, Illinois already or right. what? Like – they were still you know, here, so they were still here. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but that's crazy. Yeah, still, you you're preparing to leave, you're saying your goodbyes to your little girlfriend and all that. Yeah, good stuff. it's like you know, <laughs> ready come, to go. Yeah, I'm coming back with the illy buck, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, but, but off topic a little bit. I said a gut blow. Did you watch the Mike Tyson fight at all? Did you see any of that? I gotta yeah. get off topic, people. I gotta talk about this real quick. Yeah, I, I saw it. I mean. So the whole time leading up to the fight, you know, Mike was dropping little clips on social media, right. training and things like that. I said, I don't want to see that fight. I don't want to see a murder. Right. I'm not going to – we all going to be accessories to murder because we all witnessed <laughs> Roy Jones is going to die versus Mike right. Tyson, right? <laughs> and then I watched it. I was like, okay, I get it. It, it's, it was it, – it reminds you almost like a <laughs> – and I was laughing about it. I thought it was going to be one of those. You remember seeing the one Martin show when he um, fought Tommy? Yeah, Tommy, Tommy Hearns. Yeah. And but when he fought earlier that day in a charity event, right? Raw Dog Pain, and mm -hmm. he just went at it. I thought it was going to be one of them. Mike, everybody's going to have an agreement. Hey, this is you know for the fans, right? TV. And I thought Mike was going to lose it. Turn it on. Have flashbacks and go in and get him. Right. 
they kept it. They kept it pretty much clean. I mean, they did, and I was disappointed because I wanted to see <laughs> Mike see turn Mike it on. Down. And then, you know, at the weigh-ins, they were showing all these clips of Mike Tyson, and he was looking like ripped up. And then they get to weigh-ins, and I'm seeing him. Oh, he still looks good, but he didn't look like how he looked in the edited pictures that y'all put out there, man. Exactly. So I was, I was you disappointed with that. Yeah, you, you know a guy. You know a guy really ain't that ripped up, right? When, when he wear his shorts on top of his right, belly button, <laughs> you know, so it's got his gut a right. little bit. 100%. Like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a guilty of that back in the day. So pull these shorts up a little bit. I talked about the fight, not even because of Mike and them. Obviously, we wanted to hit on a little bit. <laughs> Nate Robinson, Jake Paul. My gosh. My gosh. I was not expecting that by any stretch of imagination. Just the, the knockout blow that he hit him with. Now, obviously, you get hit in the back of the head. One of the more tougher hits you got to deal with. But, bro, what was your what was your thought? Did you see the knockout? Yes. What was your thought on that for Nate, Nate Robinson? Hey, you got a guy win three three time NBA dunk champion, and now you're going to be known for the knockout versus the YouTuber. Yeah, I, I think that was tough. I, I think I just had this conversation with my nephew earlier, like this week, well, earlier last week, about you know, he's going into high school football right now, and, and he's he's chosen this year to pretty much take it off because of COVID and 18 wasn't playing this year. But at the end of the season now. He's going back with his little league team to go down to Florida and play like in a, like in a tournament. Mm-hmm. And the conversation came about like you got to weigh out the pros and cons of this. Mm-hmm. The, like how will this help you? Right. Nate Robinson. <laughs> even if you won this fight, how is this going to help you? Right. What What was the benefit? You weren't going to turn pro. Exactly. <laughs> what was the benefit of this fight? Like. To me, it's a lose-lose situation. You win. Okay, he's a YouTuber. He's supposed to beat him up. He's an athlete. Right. You lose. You lost to a YouTuber. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a lose-lose situation. So, um, I mean, uh, that was brutal. It was. You know, and I got a lot of NBA buddies and uh, in some group chat with some buddies. And and first thing I say, man, y'all soft. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and you see some of the responses on social media to a lot of the NBA players. That's saying like, hey, Nate Robinson is not a reflection of us. Right, was- <laughs> like, and now like you got not only your NBA players like kind of disowning you, uh, everybody in the world is kind of laughing yeah. at you, man. It's, it's- so uh, the one thing that I do give them like, all right, man, maybe I would have did it. One, I always think it's tough to play another sport when you've never done it before. For sure. Especially to jump in the ring would take a blow like that. But for 600 k and that's what they're saying they got paid, I would probably do it. I would probably take that 600 k and jump in the ring and – Give it my all. If you always get knocked out, cool. But you're Nate Robinson, and I think the only way that he's able to kind of get past it and not make it to where he's a walking meme the rest of his life and not nobody thinks about him as uh, the uh, the dunk champ, NBA dunk champion, he got to go on like SNL or some comedy show and make a mocky river himself that's what it is. so it can stop. Yeah, that's <laughs> you what it is. To. That's what it is. And I had some buddies too, though. Um, and Well, not no, they, did, they didn't know Nate personally, but I saw like on social media – how like you know a lot of guys that that's really close with Nate and and they say you know what I got respect for Nate right you know he got knocked out but he jumped right back in our group chat and took it like a man uh-huh. all the jokes we were saying he took it like a champ but you got to take it from everybody in the world like yeah, a champ right. because <laughs> you know I saw oh man I saw a meme uh, a TikTok and my buddy said to me in the group chat man and and it was it was Nate it was a like one guy portraying Nate Robinson at McDonald's and he go up and say <laughs> hey hey you know can I have a Big Mac and the, and the guy go back to the seven and say or what <laughs> like, what you going to do <laughs> Like, I'm going to show you guys the video. It's literally the funniest. Right. <laughs> like, or what? He's like, what you mean? Or what? I just want a big man. He's like, y'all ain't got a big man? He's like, yeah, we got him. 
what? Like, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like it's you gotta deal with that for the rest of his life, right. man. So it's brutal, man. I, I, I'm glad he's okay though, right? Because boxing, it can't. It's not an easy sport. Yeah, not at all. Man, I just want to get off topic real quick. We get back to football, uh, but I had to talk about that with my man. Uh, but but getting back to football, uh, obviously Justin Fields. He came back wanting to win a national championship, wanting to win a Heisman Trophy. Uh, you know, we got Master T that's playing better as the season goes along. Uh, what's your thought on, the, like, Justin Fields and his chances to win a Heisman only playing six games, and then not only him but everybody else in the country? How is that going to unfold with these national awards this year when you don't have a, really a full season and you can't just look at the numbers for guys? It's brutal because – I think this year, um, unlike any other year, maybe one or two other years, a guy might have got robbed out of a Heisman or a national award. But I think you have to go with the with the guys or the players that played in more games with the clearly going to have better numbers. Mm-hmm. I don't see Justin Fields having more passing yards or touchdowns than the kid from Florida, right? Or these kids who or these guys who've been playing, you know, eight, nine, ten games at this point. So how do you how do you weigh that out on the Heisman Trophy scale? Yeah, Justin, Trevor, these guys might be the better players, but when we talk about Heisman, one thing we look at first is what the numbers. numbers yeah, that's you know? what gets you to New York. So, yeah, so it's it's hard to say how do we distinguish the Heisman Trophy winner this year, you know, versus the other years and things like that. It's it's going to be a, it's going to be a toss up. What you got for us, Spence? I feel like the Heisman committee, the whoever votes on it, should tell the voters like, hey, let's go per game. You got like, to. What What are your stats per game? Because you're obviously like some guys gonna play six games, some guys gonna play twelve, mm-hmm. some guys gonna play ten. What's yeah. your stats per game? Because right. that's fair. Like I know that football's not fair at, at all, but it is kind of fair to to say, hey, let's do this per game because you know Justin's averaging like three hundred yards passing a game, and that's one of the top in the country. He's only played six games, so his stats aren't gonna be as good as Kyle Trask or right. or Trevor Lawrence or Mac Jones, but he's he's just as good. So you can't really discount him because of COVID. He, it's not his fault. See, I, I think you got to go per game, but I also think you got to go versus opponent, which yeah, is tough. You go per game versus opponent, and you go on a consistent basis. As right. Well, like you, because um, Mark Mark Jones, right, Alabama quarterback, he's been playing unreal. Yeah. You know, he's been playing unreal, and so has a uh, Florida quarterback. So, I mean, to me personally, right now, if you had to pick, you know, Heinz Trump, and, and clearly there's a lot of other players that's playing really, really well this season. But I think those are two top guys when it comes to performing on a week-in and week-out basis mm-hmm. consistently. Right. And they play the most games. Yeah, man, that's, that's just tough, man. Just This is a unique year, man. Something that the sports world has never seen before. You could talk about the NBA bubble. You could talk about the NFL, how that's going, how we're missing games. We got a game tonight, supposedly, yeah. right? Uh, no, they got moved to Wednesday. Oh they got pushed gosh. back again. <laughs> I didn't even know that. They got pushed back again. But yeah. it, it's just crazy and unique how you're going to do these certain things, man, when, you know, you really can't go through what we've been used to going through traditionally from the standpoint of judgment and the standpoint of the schedule and all that. Um, it, it's unique. Spence, you got something else over there? I see you looking. All right, just making sure. Um, but, yeah, man, I, I don't know, man. I, I hate it. I really do. And one of the things as, as athletes, I'm pretty sure coaches preach this in every sport, especially in sports that you got to have time and you got some type of significant break to kind of re, to regroup, is uh, adapt and adjust. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm pretty sure that's going around all these NFL locker rooms right now. Right. From the Ravens games getting canceled from Thursday to getting pushed back to Sunday, to getting pushed back to Tuesday, to getting pushed back to Wednesday. It's like adapt and adjust. Right. It's like at what point does players on this – you know, Monday or Sunday that's getting ready, that's under the impression that they're going to play Tuesday, mm-hmm. get into the routine of a day or two before a game 
Right. Think about your routine. Think about the things you should do. Like, <laughs> like I said before, like leading up to game week, you every day is in the is is specialized for what you're gonna do mm -hmm. from practice to your recovery to your sleep to your to your meals. Right. And to keep having that push back or delayed or 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 per, uh, per, um, pretty much forced into action out of nowhere. Right. It's tough for a guy in his routine. You know how important routines are to it, athletes. It is. it is, man. And people talk about, and I'm gonna, I'm of the belief that it was harder, but I'm talking about the NBA bubble. People said, oh, this is easy for the NBA guys. They're in a bubble. All they got to do is focus on basketball. Don't you think that's harder because you don't have your routine? You're not in your comfort zone. Exactly. Um, you're not able to do some of the things that you were able to do your whole career. Like, Brian been in the league 17 years. Yeah. He changed everything going into this bubble. Now these guys at Ohio State, Ryan Day, they've been coaching a certain way for however long they've been coaching, however long they've been playing. And yeah. now you change that for these circumstances. To you, is it harder or easier? I think it would be harder because, yeah, you know, especially during the game. Right. I got a certain – I got a certain demeanor. I got a certain routine. I got a certain process that I do mm -hmm. before or on the sideline of a game. And, right. and knowing how I operate on the sideline, it will be changed because of COVID. Right. You know, I can't be as interactive with my guys. I can't be as vocal, right. you know, with this freaking mask on and things like that because of COVID. And, you know, I think when people make comments like that, it should be easier for mm -hmm. them when they get out of their comfort zone or, or they just playing basketball. Well, think about, you know – People in, in society is now how, how hard it's been for people to adjust from working from home. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. We can compare that. You know, you used to going into the office and getting away and things like that, but now you got to go work from home and deal with maybe potential distraction from the kids. But randomly, your dog might be barking <laughs> right. or something like that, the mailman, and things like that. So it, it's all the adjustment period for us all, but sometimes we, we, we as a society forget that athletes, yeah, we play in the game, but mm -hmm. it's also our job it too. Is. You know, it is, it's, it's tough, but it's tough to home that in. But um, yeah, it, it's it'll definitely be harder for me. We'll take a quick break, real quick, um, and we're gonna go to our partner, um, Canes. Man, check him out. Enjoy this break. Enjoy this quick commercial that we're gonna have. If raising Cane's secret cane sauce was the end zone, no one would ever lose a game. Crispy crinkle cut fries, touchdown. Buttery Texas toast, touchdown. Hand-battered, cooked-to-order chicken fingers, touchdown! Freshly made tea and lemonade, well, you get the point. Go for the win this game day with Canes. Raising Canes Chicken Fingers, proud sponsor of Ohio State Athletics. One love. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed that Canes break. And you either went to Canes during that break or you already had some Canes ready to go. Uh, we got well, some questions. Wait a minute. Oh. You don't have to go. To Canes, I mean, like they deliver to us. If you got a little, yeah, like, little tailgate. Going I, I forgot about yeah. that. They they will deliver, right? Yeah, they bring it to you. If I'm not mistaken, so we look into that. We yeah. look into that. <laughs> I don't know. Call the nearest Canes and go online. If they don't bring it to you, if, they, if you order, if you can't, if they can't bring it to you, I bring it to you. Hey, <laughs> even better, right there. Even better. Uh, we got a couple questions uh, from social media. Um, yeah, well, let's go to our guy Spence, man. With these questions, where we at? All right, we got a question from Ryan Derner. Uh, they ask, what is the biggest coaching challenge the Buckeyes will face without Ryan Day for the Michigan State game? Ooh, the biggest coaching challenge. That's going to be tough, man, because it's a lot with the routine, obviously. That's already, you know, shaken up a little bit. Um, but the fact that you don't have your main play caller out there, that got to be the hardest thing for me, right? For sure. I mean, you, you, you don't got the guy that's, you know, really – 
what sets him aside is not just he's a great head coach, he's a great play caller. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, the offense is still the same right. as in, but you can't teach the guy who's going to be calling the plays, I don't even know who's going to be this week, your style, right. your feel. Sometimes you call things off a of feel. Right. You know, you don't even have to probably look at the defense. You just know. Like, you can't teach someone that. So, yeah, I think it'll be the play calling and maybe the, the flow of the offense just because he got his own style. But um, I would definitely have to say the play calling. Yeah, man, getting into a rhythm. Play calling isn't easy to do. No, not at all. I, I helped out with my kids' team this year, and one of the games they wanted me to call plays. I tried it for about two series. Worst thing ever. <laughs> Worst thing ever for me. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, am not yeah. calling plays, man. Yeah. I don't like that. Yeah. I can't get a feel for it. I like to run the ball, so I'm going to run here, run here, run there, and I'm not passing it very yeah. much. So don't <laughs> see, ask me to call plays. See, that's funny. That's funny because <laughs> you think as like a quarterback, I, I like to call my own plays. I like to call. Yeah, uh-huh. let me handle it. Let me handle it. And in some teams I was with in the NFL, you know, we had the luxury of calling our own two-minute. But I remember it was times where we had periods where the, we would simulate the headset going out. Uh-huh. So no communication. And it was on the quarterback to call. I call all passes. Right. <laughs> all passes. And he get back to his side like, Cardell, you got to mix it up a little bit. I'm like, what you mean? I went deep. I went short. I went mid. No, with the runs. I'm like, oh, yeah. I totally forgot. It's like, golly, the defense is blessed. And the running back is one-on-one with a linebacker every other play. And so me, coach. I like to throw the ball. Right. <laughs> you should have asked if quarterback power counted. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So. All right. We got one more uh, from Tyler E.L. Hankins. All right. Should Ohio State consider trying to find another game in two weeks if Michigan backs out? But he left the M off of Michigan, so you know he's a real fan. Oh, love it. Love it. Um, go ahead. You can take this one. I think so, yeah. I mean, I think you got to be prepared for it. While, you know, I don't know that it will necessarily happen, uh, crazier things have happened. I mean, yeah. heck, we, we've been canceling games all year long. Yeah. But uh, I think you got to prepare for it, so why not have somebody out there, maybe like a Minnesota or something, uh, waiting in the wings just in case uh, Michigan decides to back out, thinking they could kind of ruin the rest of your season? Yeah, I agree. I think if, if, if the stars align in the final week and, you know, Ohio State, well, Michigan decided to cancel. Then another team in the Big Ten decided to cancel. They should let them play. And mm-hmm. so Ohio State can get that kind of final bid and that final uh, uh, game to be Big Ten championship eligible. Right. So I think, yeah, you definitely have an opportunity to pick up that that last game playing another team. So, And uh, big shouts out to the questions. And you guys got some uh, Kane gift cards coming your way. Yes, sir. Every week we'll be giving out some Canes gift cards. So, man, so tune in, send us questions that you want to ask and, uh, you know, try to win those Canes gift cards. We may go up. And a dollar amount, you know, as the season goes on or as the show goes along, you never know. So just be on the lookout. Uh, but getting back to, to some more football, um, where did I want to go with this? Oh, I know where I wanted to go. Season's doing them now. We're in December already. Mm-hmm. We know conference championships games are on the horizon. Uh, college football playoff, that selection is going to be coming up here. Your f- top four teams right now that you would say that will be in the college football playoff when it's all said and done. I think you, your top four stays the same. You got your Alabama, you got your Clemson, and you got your um, – Clemson even with the one Notre, loss. Yeah, you got your Notre Dame and you got Ohio State because I don't see another undefeated or one-loss team that's better than uh, Clemson, I think. I, I think in a way when it all boils down to it, I think it would be two SEC teams. Well, it would be tough because if Florida and, and Alabama – they, if they play, they play each other, each other right? yeah, yeah, they play each other in, in a championship game, and now Alabama, and Florida hands Alabama a one loss, mm-hmm. they're not going to drop from one to out the top four. But who's going to get bumped out of that top four? Right. If Ohio State wins out, and you got a one loss Clemson, you got undefeated Notre Dame, and then you got when it's said and done, when they get ready for 
the championship game for the SEC is going to be one versus five, or yeah. it's going to be five or six. They're going to get in there if they beat Alabama. It's going to be tough, man. It's going to be real interesting. You know, my top four, I'm pitting Ohio State there, and no specific order: Ohio State, uh, Alabama, Notre Dame, and I'm kicking the door. I'm pitting Cincinnati in that conversation. Yeah. I am. I know we can, can sit there and say with Clemson, uh, you know, they they had uh, they lost Trevor Lawrence and this that, and the third, but. Clemson still got to play defense. And Notre Dame, last time I looked at it, they scored a lot of points on them. Yeah. And the, Notre Dame wasn't the only team that scored a lot of points on Clemson. So that's why I'm, I'm pitting them out of there. And because I want to see uh, it to kind of be an evil – or not evil, even playing field uh, in college football. And I think it's time that you start giving some of these other conferences an opportunity. Because you can't say you go undefeated, you'll win a national championship. Well, how am I winning a national championship if I don't get in the college football playoff? Yeah, yeah. And I had I had NFL coaches, man, and this time of the year, you know, everybody is really prideful of their alma maters because usually you're playing with a lot of guys that went to some top programs, so mm-hmm. they're getting ready for their conference championship games or bowl season and things like that. And I had NFL coaches, they were like, we'll never coach uh, college because it's too it's too political. Right. When it comes to a team winning cha- – an underdog team can never win a championship. Yeah. Because of, like, if you say it, it can happen, you look at you – UCF a couple of years ago, there's the only team in the country go undefeated. Right. But they didn't have a bid for the top four because you look at them, oh, they're really not a top four, but mm-hmm. they went undefeated. But you can go from an 0-16 NFL team the following year to win the Super Bowl. Right. It can't happen like that in college mm-hmm. ball. So um, it, it's hard when you got a little bit of politics in it when it comes to picking the top four um, teams. But, yeah, I mean, I totally just forgot about Cincinnati and our dog, Luke Fickle. <laughs> but um, I, I think they went out. I think they should have legit – they should be legit – considered to be in the top four. You know what? Everything has been on the fly this year with COVID. This would have been the perfect year to say, you know what, the hell with it. We're going to expand the playoffs just for this year. Just test it out. Yeah. You want to do a test run? You want to expand this thing like everybody's been talking about? Let's expand it and make it more of an even playing field for everybody to get a chance to get in. And you can do it, and you can throw that buffer in there and say, you know what, if some of these teams happen to get COVID at this point in time, this is why we're expanding this thing. Yeah. You can do it to six teams, eight teams this year. Why not come with it, man? I know I wouldn't mind because we're not in a regular season to where these guys would have been played, same, you know, same. 14, 16 games like an NFL season. Same. It's not the case this year. Same. That's the same thing I said. I think, you know, I was always against expanding the season because of how many games. Mm-hmm. But season got pushed back. Now the teams aren't playing as much. So I think it's okay to expand it this yeah. year. So I'm kind of going back on my word because at best, you know, whoever won a national title who haven't had any games canceled, they would probably play. At best, 12, 13 games. Yeah, right, like <laughs> which is what you're going to so, play in a regular year. Yeah, that's a regular season. That's right. not even including, you know, postseason and uh, bowl season. So, You know, NCAA, they can do whatever they want in the college football committee. You guys know you can. Go on, make it happen, man. <laughs> Might as well do it. I mean, let us get they, more quality games, especially with the risk of COVID still being out there with these guys uh, and the potential cancellation of games. Yeah, they NCAA do things – that they want when they come up with the idea first. Right. <laughs> That's how it works right. with NCAA. They don't, they don't, they're not falling, they're not going to fall under the pressure, even though it might be a legit idea, it makes all the sense in the world. Mm-hmm. But if they didn't come up with it first, they don't want to look like, oh, we taking sides with, you know, someone else or, or we taking someone else's idea. But that's my impression of the whole thing. All right, all right. Ohio State, you got them winning big this weekend? I got a score of 42 13. 42-13. 42-13. I think, man, I'm going to go 56-13. I like that 13. I just don't think Michigan State's offense is going to be able to get anything going. And I'm hoping and I'm hoping and I'm praying that Ohio State has finally got it 
and gear on the defensive side because that's been the that's been the biggest thing with us on the yeah. defensive side. When you talk about Ohio State and you say, can we compete for a national championship? I think we can score with any offense out there. Of course. It's going to be can we stop an offense on a consistent basis yeah. to keep a, uh, a team in check to where we can, you know, kind of gain some traction and get some separation. Yeah, Trey Sermon, feel, I'm pretty sure he feel like he's back in the Big 12 with outscoring right. opponents <laughs> and no playing defense. But, I, you know, I just think that the, the – the philosophy needs to be tweaked a little bit. And, mm-hmm. and Coach Cohn's first year at D.C. there, you know, he, he's not – he don't have those first-rounders all on the back end right. yet. Mm-hmm. He's still got a lot of young players. I mean, okay. he has played a lot of ball, but you don't have those dogs like a Marshawn Lattimore, like a Gary on Conley, like, you know, and the guys who just went first round last right. year who can hold their ground in a one-on-one mm-hmm. on top of having that dominant defensive line right. threat. That's that, been key right there. Yeah. I mean, we do have a defensive line. Mm-hmm. We do as a whole. But we don't have that one guy yet that's going to take you got two and three guys to get him. Exactly. <laughs> so, and that, and when you don't have that, now you got still four on five, and now you gave him that quarterback a lot of time and man to man coverage to do double moves or just break your receiver off. Right. And, and it's tough. And, and, and Indiana did that with a lot of crossing routes and, and a lot of big plays downfield, you know, but. Um, yeah, I just I just love to see our defense go to a little more zone than man. Right, man. Me too, man. Hopefully we get in the gear. I think we will, especially down the stretch. Uh, it's going to be key. If we're going to win a championship, it's going to be because of our defense and them stepping up and, and stopping somebody. Um, I want to hit NFL before we get out here real quick. You're from Cleveland. I'm from Akron. I've been a diehard Brown fan, Browns fan since I was a kid. Are you a Browns fan? I am. I'm not a Browns fan in particular. I like players. Okay, okay. I, I okay. like players on the Browns. Um, clearly, all the Buckeyes. I am, a, and it's sad to say, man. And I'm gonna tell you why. I'm a big Baker Mayfield fan because of his attitude. Uh-huh. I, mean, I know his play been up and down, but I just love the kid's attitude, the guy's attitude, because he he has that that like I don't give a shit factor. Right. Like he's gonna go out there to his best ability. He's not trying to play up to anyone else's standards and what. Someone else think of him. Mm-hmm. I mean, he have a bad play, he have a good play. He have a bad play, he have a bad play, he's going to bounce back with a good play. And you, you see, he don't beat himself up too bad right. with, with the negativity from the outside influences to the to the media, to whatever it may be. So I, I like players like that overall, but um, I, don't, I wouldn't say I'm a big Browns as a team fan. I, I don't, I'm not a fan of any team. Yes. I got players. I'm a Browns fan through and through. <laughs> <laughs> Since I was a kid, I'm a Cleveland Indians fan through and through. I wasn't a Cavs fan until LeBron Indians. got there. Um, but this is like bliss for me, people, to watch the Cleveland Browns go 8-3 and three and to look like we really are going to make a nice run in the playoffs. And I, maybe that might be a little bit of a stretch. But the fact that we're at 8-3, and three, and I think we will make the playoffs. Last time we were in a position like this was 2007. I probably say we won 10 games and didn't make the playoffs. We had Joe Jarevicius, which is my guy, uh, Braylon Edwards, Kellen Winslow, and Rack was the coach, Romeo Cannell. It was a great year for me as a Browns fan. Right now, there's been nothing in my lifetime that trumps where we are right now as a Cleveland <laughs> Browns fan. Like, I'm in heaven, seriously. Obviously, Baker, if he's the guy still up in the air for me, but I love what our coach is doing and limiting Baker – Okay, he's going to throw between 20 and 25 passes. He might hit 30. Uh, that's going to be a stretch. We're going to run the football and play great defense. Yeah. So yeah. This is heaven for me, man. Yeah, so. I think they got the. I think they got their formula. I think overall when you look at the the previous Browns teams that, you know, they try to do things that was out of their players' mm-hmm. uh, abilities. 100%. You know, and not only doing good, they got two of the top running backs in the, in, in the league. You got an unbelievable offensive line. You got mm-hmm. a really good defense as a whole. You got a – 
probably arguably the defensive MVP in Miles Garrett, and uh, you got a really good quarterback in my opinion, and an unbelievable supporting cast. I'm not even gonna call guys a supporting cast. You got a great offense. Right. I, I love their offense, mm -hmm. from the players to the to the scheme. I love it. So I think they got a real chance to 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 prove a lot of people wrong, and and I'm happy for them because they bring a lot of pride and joy to Cleveland Clevelanders, right. and, right. and of course Browns fans all over the country. Hundred percent. Spence, what you got? Who's the last Browns co Browns coach to win a playoff game? Ooh, Butch Davis. Butch didn't win a playoff game? Nope. Butch uh, never made the playoffs? Uh, it's, I want to go with uh, Belichick. It's Belichick. It's is Belichick. it? Oh, is it really yeah, Belichick? Belichick. Yeah. Did Butch never? Well, I guess Tim Couch didn't have any good years. Golly, I guess I am a Browns fan. Right. I just knew that. <laughs> nah, I knew it was Belichick. Dang. <laughs> I thought Butch won one. Wow. It's crazy. Man, it's crazy as heck. All right, quarterbacks. Obviously, one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play this game is Tom Brady. What's been your assessment of what's been going on with Tom Brady? They're what? They're seven and four right now, and I know it's not the end of the world. They're still in great shape in terms of making it to the playoffs. Uh, but they lost to Kansas City, which was a nail biter down the end. They lost. They got killed by uh, who Saints. Was it? Saints. Both games. And he didn't look good in either of those games. Yeah, both games they got killed by the Saints. But I mean. You look at you. You try to dissect what they're doing and why he's might not be playing as good as people want him to play, or mm -hmm. or you expect the guy to play, and it's just completely different from what he did at New England. He had a lot of success in. Yep. It's almost like vice versa of the Browns. <laughs> it's like we asking this guy to do something, not necessarily saying he can't do, but he's not accustomed to doing. Right. Especially this this late in his career. Man, I'm. I agree 100% with you. Yeah, it's just like uh, I don't think i ever seen Tom Brady. I mean, legit, Tom Brady probably had one legit deep threat his whole career, Randy Moss. Right. But now he got legit three. Mm -hmm. And they taking shots downfield. Not saying as they shouldn't because they got the players to right. do it. But taking shots downfield caused you to hold the ball a little longer, protects you got to hold a little longer, and you susceptible to, to hits. Some of the hits I haven't seen Tom Brady hit, take, you know, almost – Three quarters of the way through the season, I mm -hmm. I don't think I ever seen as many, like big hits though, <laughs> like throwing a ball and getting blasted. I'm not just talking about pushing on the exactly. ground, exactly. You know, so I kind of was like, Ali is up there in age, doing? yeah. Like let's let's get back to Dinkin and Duncan, which, and then you Bro. then yeah, let's get back <laughs> to Dinkin and Duncan to me for him, and then it's going to open up everything else. And you got two really good running backs right. as well. Sometimes they run game. I don't is, get it, man. Yeah, sometimes they run game is is freaking non-existence. And like I said before, you might not have the same players and the running back position that he usually have in New England. But we, I remember playing them with the Chargers in a playoff game, and both running backs had over ten catches. Right. Because he's looking downfield or whatever it may be, he's dinking it Check down. Him. But this is like this offense okay, is nuts, man. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, it's it's crazy that you know Arians get a lot of credit for his um his play calling skills. Which is a great play caller. He I mean, is. He's, he's yeah. Been. But then he's like, I mean, you, I mean, you can criticize everybody on, on every bad play. It's like, why would you do that? Right. You know, just do this. Or like, everybody's a coach. Why do you got him that. doing this? I yeah. mean, that's one thing. Tom yeah. Brady, to me, is a brain surgeon, right? Yeah. You got a brain surgeon all of a sudden switching him and say, you know what? Today you're not going to work on a brain. You're going to do an ankle. You're going to be an orthopedic guy. Yeah. Like, he's a slicer and dicer, yeah. and you want this dude to do orthopedic surgery and just drop back and throw the ball you know, 20 times a game in the air, 45, 50 yards downfield, which we know his arm strength has never been, like, super strong. Yeah. I don't know. I know you guys may not be 
uh, Tom Brady fans, I am, because I just love seeing greatness, but they, yeah, they but just he, run it all backwards right now. They got the dink and dunk guys. I mean, Godwin can be one of them guys. Yeah. Scotty Miller, you know, Antonio uh, Brown. I mean, they, they got the guys that can throw it to them five yards and they can take it 2580. Right. You know, so I don't know. Not a play caller, though. Right. <laughs> Real quick, man, before we get out of here, who's been your big surprise in the NFL this year? Anybody? Um, I'm going to go with um, big surprise in the NFL this year. Josh Allen. Josh Allen. Josh Allen. That's a great one. I'm going to go with Josh Allen. That is Allen. a great one. Um, he um, has been doing it through the air and getting it done clearly, like he's proven last year, um, on the ground as well. But I, I really like his leadership. Yeah. I really like his swag, his his charisma, his demeanor. Mm-hmm. Step it on the field every time. Uh, right. Josh Allen is is um, he, he's developing a fan of me. Of every time I get to watch a Bills game, you know he's always bringing it every uh, every play. I mean, I would love to see him take care of the ball a little more, but I mean, it happens when you when you're a playmaker and you and you carry the ball. Sometimes as many times he's carrying the game, but um, he's definitely been a big surprise for me. Yeah, year. man, I like that one right there. I gotta go with Oakland Raiders just as a whole. As a football, I know they just got trounced by Atlanta and all that stuff, but I think they've been doing a dang good job this year. And I wasn't anticipating. I thought it was going like, you know, the the, the wheels are going to come falling off uh, for for uh, for Gruden and, and those guys there, but they're looking pretty good. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty sweet. I like that. Before we wrap up, I got to give shouts out to my guy Evan Turner. I don't know if you guys heard Evan Turner, former Buckeye, ten year, eleven year NBA pro, decided to hang it up. And he got a job with the Boston Celtics as assistant coach. Wow, Shout out to my guy Evan. Which super dope, bro. That's pretty sweet. That's Evan's pretty still sweet. young. Evan's our age. I mean, yeah, well, yeah, my yeah. age at least. Yeah, eventually, um, yeah. He was freaking crazy. player of the year. Yeah, yep. yeah. Evan was a beast, man. Shout out to him. And, uh, again, shout out to Canes. Thank you, Canes. They will be a regular partner on this show, a staple. And we'll have more Canes gifts cards. We'll have giveaways. And who knows? You might just get Cardell or myself or Will or Spence to bring Canes to your house if you play your cards right. That's a wrap on Cardell and Beanie. See you next week.